Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Yes, welcome to another episode of the Edinburgh Football Podcast. Into February now. Still only Hibs and Hearts playing, but that doesn't stop the talking points. So I've got Ross and Callum alongside me. How are we doing this week? Very well, very well. Good stuff. Hi, good mate. Good. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. It's very rare that there's been victories for our teams in action over a weekend, so perhaps we've got a bit of a spring in our step uh, on this podcast. But our agenda tonight for everyone, we're going to speak about the transfer window. It came close, it, it shut, and it's actually involved a lot more teams in, than perhaps we'd uh, thought about. You'd think just Hibs and Hearts because they're the ones in action, but a few other teams have had some people coming in, some going out, so we'll speak about that. And then we'll speak about the fixtures, the ones that have happened in the last week, and we'll look ahead to the ones this weekend. So, we'll start with recruitment at Hearts, because they've kind of been fairly busy, Ross. Um, I suppose three players really coming in, um, some in the last day, some probably, well, I'd be surprised if you'd heard of any of them, <laughs> really. But um, we'll start with we we'll start with one that sort of came in. We didn't speak about him a lot last week, but I know he came on uh, last midweek as uh, Nandale. So we only briefly spoke Nandwili. about Nandwili. Yeah, Nandwili. So, so far, uh, certainly we spoke about Hearts, a lack of striking options, really kind of Boyce or Naismith, but beyond that, there wasn't really much. So he's come in, hit the ground running so far, and fairly happy with that. Good reports as well. Aye, absolutely. Yeah, it was a good. I watched the the Rafe game. Um, played well in that first goal. Was obviously, it's pretty simple tap in from his side. But um, the second, he's up like a salmon. So it's it's a cracking finish for a striker um, for that. But I think to crack crack on with your debut and get two goals is you're setting down a marker for yourself there. Um, it's all very positive. Got good reactions on social media from him as well. Um, played a bit on came on Saturday there didn't really see much of him involved but a couple of chances here and there but overall quite happy with that it gives uh, another boost up front for us and I think that's the main thing we needed mm-hmm. Is it what it also might do though is it, it gives just good good sort of competition it looks like Nielsen likes one up front doesn't he he likes two wingers he kind of likes one in the hole and then a striker as a kind of focal point so it gives competition Boyce and uh, and Nand Nandwili to to fight out for that for that for that jersey. Callum, he, he certainly looks like a six foot four as well. It's oh, good. Yeah, he certainly looks a, a presence up there. But reports are that he he's a striker that requires service. But put the ball in the box, so that second goal proves it. Yeah, well, and the first good striker's finish. But put the ball in the box, and he's going to get himself on the end of it, isn't he? he looks like, looks like certainly a presence up there. Yeah, I mean, like I know Byers has already stolen my cliche, but he is he is up like a salmon. Um, it's a fantastic leap for that second goal, um, and he's in the right place uh, for the first one. And I think that if you go back fifteen, twenty years, sort of even longer than that, you're you're looking at when have Hearts had a penalty box striker that just knows where to be when um, you know the keeper pans it in or it takes a deflection you know they've not had someone like that since Robbo they've not had a striker that scored 20 goals in a season since John Olsen so you've got to look at obviously I'm not going to put that sort of pressure and that comparison on the boy's shoulders right now but a guy that is going to hang about the box and score those type of goals which is what he looks like you've got to be happy with yeah yeah, absolutely yeah no looks since then by the way Gary Glenn, he was the news zone over Sunday. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 it's true, you know, and it's, uh, no, some hearts have had some, some good strikers down the years, but uh, longevity of strikers hearts haven't had, you know, they haven't had a striker that's really been at the club for maybe two or three, no. two or three years that no. are, it's it's kind of like you know Roman Bednar. Well, John Robertson's hit twenty in a season. Yeah, perhaps. yeah, incredible. And that kind of shows you how bad it is. Yeah, yeah we went into the window at, well, at the start of the season. Really, it was Nielsen wanted wingers, and he brought in a couple. Um, and then in this window, he's kind of brought in some more. We've already spoke about Gannon McKay, Stephen Ross. He obviously been at the club now a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. But on sort of deadline day, it was a, a lad Castanier coming uh, Dutch. Uh, played in the Dutch league. Went, to, I think he's been recently at Coventry. So he's come up yeah. again. It's kind of we don't really know much about him, do we? But um, I don't know. What, what's the chat just now? What I mean, imagine you probably got a lot more information than myself. No, no, ah, perfect. Uh, I, watched this, I, watched, I watched this game. Um, I 
watched the signing video. <laughs> I, I did watch the signing video, but these things are—they they say what all fans want here. That he's an attacking guy and he, he'll go forward. Uh, I did see one of the uh, Coventry fan tagged a, a video onto one of Hearts' Twitters, and he absolutely takes the boy out. and gets a, a red card for it. So I was like, ah, he's up for it. <laughs> but um, no, he speaks well. I've seen his highlight reel that it's been going on Twitter and stuff like that. Looks alright. He can put a ball in the box. And as we were saying with with Andrew, it's, it's the service he might need. Yeah. From that, if you've got him on the right, but it looks like he plays on the right from the videos. Um. So that that's probably where we need because Mackay Stephen will be on the left. Yeah. And if he drops out, you'll have other players that will potentially like Thea that will come into that position. Um, so I, it looks it looks quite a, a tidy signing with that. It's, it's a bit a surprise because I don't think he was touted for. No. His name never came up. I think probably that's been accelerated by the fact that Janelli's uh, out for the season. It looks like is that right? So aye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> aye, so he's, he won't be playing again. But it's because it, it was disappointing because obviously they were going to they were opening up contract talks with him. So would uh, you I sign him? No. Would you take him? Still, wait, would you take him? Uh, from what I've seen, I think there's certainly a player in there, but it's been it's been about three games. Let, let, let's be honest. So you, Hearts have had too many players in the past where they've signed because they've had potential, but their best place uh, at the club is on the treatment table, and I yes. think Hearts need to start getting away from that. Yeah, they need a bit of reliance when it comes to signings. I just think that is that a word? Yeah, he's, I don't know. I've been <laughs> <laughs> Reliance. 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 No, 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 it's not. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a title. I've, I've it's, a, it's a title, though. For their dictionary in the corner, like, oh, has it got? I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. Of course, yeah. No, um, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I, I, I probably wouldn't. I think that in the games that you've seen them, there is talent there, but you can't afford to have like one of your standout players. They play one in every five games, yeah. and even then, how many ninety minutes has he completed? Yeah. Has he ever completed the ninety minutes for us? No. Um, so I just, I just think that uh, just sorry, just to throw in. No, no, it's definitely not because it keeps coming up resiliency. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Right. And the last one. Educational show here. The last one that came in again, probably another surprise. Um, I think this one seems to have. Quite excited a few fans Having looked at Twitter I think a few few fans Are quite excited by this one Because perhaps um, Somebody looking to Really prove themselves Because they're coming from From the League of Ireland uh, The Irish League So they may be looking At the seat as a kind of Step up uh, And a real opportunity To really kick on You know Kick on their career And it's a big step for them But it's, it's this lad uh, We'll go for Makineff I'll go with that one um, What, Joby Makineff? <laughs> Makineff So Is he yeah, is he someone that that uh, that excites you, Ross? I know fans. I mean, yes. Yeah. Well, I've looked at the video again. All I can really do is look at the videos, the highlight reels, and what they've got for that. Um, he's a number ten by the looks of things, like a box to box midfielder. So I'm hoping he'll potentially slip into that Paul Hartley kind of mould that Hearts look for at times um, we've mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast over the weeks that Hearts need a bit of energy in that midfield uh, so potentially with him with maybe Irvin alongside him could be a perfect midfield sitting there um, so I, I, I'm really interested to see him I've, I've seen a couple of the goals that he's got he, oh, his passing's brilliant by the looks of things um, he's got a bit of pace on him he can finish a ball as well so that's that's a a bit of competition for the likes of Naismith, Walker and stuff like that as well. If he's potentially going to play off the striker or maybe in that midfield, then it's hopefully going to get a few boys to start pulling their fingers out and start yeah. realising, I'm no guaranteed a game here. Yeah, It's been a real talking point, hasn't it, uh, Callum, this season? It's a Hearts midfield. It's, you know, it's been kind of, is it Haring, is it Halliday, is it Irvin? And it's kind of chopped and changed, but perhaps bringing in bringing in someone that really is and again when hearts have lost it seems to be they've kind of lacked pace in the middle of the park so um, this seems this could potentially be a really good signing from Robbie Nielsen yeah I think um, you know you can only really go off with what we've seen on Twitter as uh, Ross is saying there I mean, I've not 
sent out his highlight reel or anything like that because um, I've stopped doing that ever since you know Melker Halberg signed for Ribs and it just honestly watch that highlight reel and you'll think that he's you know <laughs> uh, Zidane or something Christ but uh, no I think if, if, I'm, if I'm looking at it I don't know I saw like a tweet that's saying that you know he's not had an assist this season and then people are saying that he's like a number 10 and I'm going well you know, surely he should have won, but then I've seen, apparently, he was fantastic for Shamrock Rovers against uh, AC Milan in the, yep. in the Europa League. So, yep. I, th- I think that um, it's a step up. Uh, even even the Championship, I would say, is a step up from the League of Ireland, and I think that he, he'll have to hit the ground running, but if, if he can stand up to guys like Zlatan, etc., then you've got to think that he's got a thing or two about him. But just... While we're on the topic of the Hearts midfield, because um, I saw a tweet from Ewan Murray today, and he seemed to have his knickers in a twist about uh, Andy Halliday doing a Rangers thing um, for like the Daily Record or something. And I just wanted to like sort of put it out there and say, do you have a problem with him following sort of media stuff while he's a Hearts player and doing like sort of being like rent a quote for Rangers? Um, not so much media aspect because I think he's got to, you've obviously got to have a career outside of football as well and it's it's done him well with being on um, open goal and stuff like that as well but when it does come to Rangers I think it's a bit much like because I think they've got to remember he's not at Rangers anymore he's a he's a Hartman Lothian Football Club employee and I think he's got to remember that at times I know he's obviously a boyhood Rangers fan, etc. But start focusing on your current team. I think a wee bit more. Just maybe cut back on the Rangers stuff. But I've no problem doing other media. Mm. I wonder. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if like it, if, if it was, was a yeah, if it was a Hibs player that used to be at, at Celtic or Rangers, whatever uh, it was, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I, I wouldn't mind them being on on podcasts or on on media. Uh, can sometimes quite be quite refreshing because you know actually your team might get spoke about in the media because sometimes it's yeah. you especially being uh, Hibs and Hearts fans you actually think you know we actually do exist uh, sometimes they get overlooked um, but maybe it is in a little bit I think I think he probably will next season if both teams are in the same league I think you might see him rein in a little bit of uh, of the of the Rangers chat but um, yeah good interesting we'll see what happens there um, players leaving Ross just briefly I think one makes sense in, in terms of well they probably both make sense uh, Lewis Moore going on loan I think that's probably important for him to get game time um, somebody I I think I played against him when I first went to Spartans and he was remember you know he was at that point this was a couple of years ago he was going to be the next sort of big thing at Hearts it just hasn't quite happened for him has it really but in and in, uh, Roberts, it just hasn't happened for him, has it? In a in a in a Hearts yeah, jersey so far. Yes, he's given a chance. He's been given a chance three times. He's just not taking it. So um, I hopefully go out there, can get a bit of game time at Motherwell. He'll be it. He's going up to a leg, a league above. So if he gets game time there, plays well. That's only going to benefit Hearts when he comes back into the fold potentially. If he does come back, I don't know. But yeah. um, I, that, that's an interesting one. With Moore, it was I think he was always going to go out and loan because I think the fact that they signed the boy from Coventry it was it's just dented his chances more of getting into that squad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right on to Hibs in and um, well, it was a quiet uh, transfer deadline day. Cal, I think we were we were refreshing Twitter. Uh, over the course of the day and then when we've seen Gullen leaving and we've seen Malin leaving I think the the refreshes became every every five seconds but nobody comes through the door um, I mean at the start of the window if you were to say we probably needed, we needed this, probably a midfield player but well, we kind of got two uh, we probably needed a set and a half we got none and we needed a striker and we lost one so it was a very interesting transfer window Callum wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I think that Ross wants to play a different formation now, um, oh, which is <laughs> which he's sort of leaned into, and it's just um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I personally, Jamie Gullen to me, I know a lot of Hibs fans are sitting there saying that um, look, he's this, he's that. I've never seen it personally, and like you know, I've never seen him be like the sort of. 
uh, the ability that he's got. But I think that he's not had a chance. Uh, really, he's not had a running running games. Um, much like Ollie Shaw, never really had like a concerted running games. You know, ten, fifteen games in a row where he was starting. So Jamie Gordon's not had that yet. So I'm not going to judge him off the like 10, 15 minute appearances that he's making off the bench. But at the same time, because that's all he's doing, you're not missing that. You're not, Hibs aren't going to miss that like 10, 15 minutes off a bench. And that's fleeting 10, 15 minutes off a bench. He's not coming off the bench every week. He's off the bench once every three games or so. Yeah. You know, and so I think like when you're looking at it like that, is he a miss? I'm not too sure. Um, I think that Ross does want to use like Boyle and Murphy as sort of third strikers almost he's, uh, the way Hibs have set up in the last sort of four or five games with 4-3-3 or 3-4-3 um, that's, that's the way that Hibs are looking to go and it's it's worked um, you know in, in terms of the league Hibs have won three out of the last four which I know we've been talking about Doom and Gloom and like, talking about Jack Ross under pressure and um, maybe you look at the bigger picture and that and you see things and you're like right okay and it's not just a knee-jerk reaction to poor results um, I'm not sure but uh, I think in terms of the transfer window did I think Hibson need one or two yes was would I wanted Hibs just to sign someone just for the sake of it absolutely not because that's when you get your like um, absolute nonsense players like Matt Doherty or Tom Soares or Clarence Matt Doherty or, the, the, the premiership right back <laughs> it's so bad. You wouldn't have it's thought. So you wouldn't have thought that seven years. You wouldn't have thought that eight years ago. But yeah, I think. I think. But listen to listening to reports. Um, it seems like Hibs did have a couple of targets, but as they fell through, it then became they would just be sirens for the sake of it. I think on transfer deadline day, and and perhaps you, you're know, kind of sometimes it's you better just stick in with what you know and perhaps that's what you know no point signing people that might just come up and kind of don't do anything and it's a, it's a risk probably not willing to take so but let's be honest Cadden and Irvin in every game they're getting better and better for me Jackson Irvin especially uh, you know two I suppose two assists at the weekend and, and Cadden just putting in good performances for me I thought it was really good against Rangers um, last week like last week so they're they're proven two really good signings and, and Hibs are a better team having those two players in it, I think. Massively, massively. And realistically the big thing for Hibs this window as it transpired late on uh, in January was keeping hold of Poaches and Nisbet. And I think that, you know, when they were both dropped against Under United, you sort of go, Oh, okay, but I think it was the right thing to do. Clearly Nisbet's head is not uh, where it should be. At Hibs. Um Fortress um, came came back into the team off the bench last night, scored, so 100% the right thing to do. But, I mean, I don't know who's advising Kevin Nisbet, but for him to be throwing a transfer request in, to go to... Like, I would understand that Birmingham were, like, on the precipice of the playoffs or, like, sitting there second or third in the championship and he, he might get a move to the Premiership you know, like in six months' time, you know, I could understand him going there to join a team that is on the periphery of getting relegated from the Championship down south. And, you know, let's let's paint a little picture of Kevin Nisbet's career. When, imagine he'd gone to Birmingham, Birmingham get relegated, he bounces around the English lower leagues for a few seasons, comes back up the road and he's like playing at Hamilton every other week. You know? Like that Jason Cummins. Like a Jason Cummins, for instance, someone that goes down south too early. Whereas realistically, Kevin is, but you stay at Hibs this season, you have an outside chance of getting into the squad for the Euros because you're outscoring Lauren Shankland. You are in Steve Clark's eyes every single week. You get the head down, you knuckle down, you get to the Euros. Then all of a sudden, you've got the pick of where you want to go, yep. and you're not going to get left with the dregs of Birmingham City. Yeah, like, I think you on. just got to you just got to learn from from John McGinn. John McGinn's stock was high after that Scottish Cup win. You know, people were talking about him, but he stayed one more season at Hibs. He then he signed two. It was a two seat. Well, yeah, yeah, and then he just that's geez. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's right. And then he ends up, but he ends up going to a team Villa who are who are up there already in the championship looking to get playoffs as you're saying Kevin this but halfway through a season when Birmingham are down the, near the bottom um, 
I think a good finish to this season if he even gets in the Scotland Euro squad, you are going to be looking at teams at the top end of the Championship or even the Premiership in, in, a, in a year's time. I mean, where did Stephen Fletcher leave Hibs and go to? Uh, Burnley, in the Premiership. In the Premiership, exactly. So, uh-huh. it, it, I think it's... Yeah, but by all accounts, again, listen to it. I don't know who his agent is, and I know that's what agents do, but I think it was something similar to Dunfermline. I think it was pretty much a transfer request went in, and then it was a bit... Kind of like Dunfermline fans probably felt a little bit how Hibs fans feel right now, but um, yeah, I just think stay another six months, get another ten goals or whatever it is, you know, from now to the end of the season, and and uh, he's going to go to a bigger club than Birmingham. That that's for sure. Um, um, you think now you've got to look at his mindset now because it's either going to go two ways. He's either going to down tools, sit on the bench and throw his toys at the pram, or he could pick his games up, start scoring more goals potentially and get himself back in that shop window where, as you say, teams clack more and first and foremost is I'll be looking at him for the Euros. Then you look at a transfer after that. I think there's no guarantee that he'd be going down and playing every week in, week out at Birmingham because they just signed like Sam Cosgrove. Well, they've got Cosgrove and they've got... They've got yeah, they've got Cosgrove and, and, they, and they've got Jukovic as well. So it's, it's not like he's walking in straight in as the, as the number nine. So. No, it's not. Sam, Sam Cosgrove, because Birmingham played uh, last night and they drew uh, 0-0 with Wickham, but uh, Sam Co- like, so they're drawing 0-0. Sam Cosgrove doesn't doesn't get on at all. Sits on the bench all game. Uchi starts for Wickham. Uh, um, levels. Levels, mate. You're just, you're just sitting there going, what, what on earth is going on? I just think that um, he's been badly advised. Um, he needs to get his head down and get himself sorted because... I tell you right now, if, if you know, COVID wasn't a thing and we were, we were in grounds, etc. on Saturday, I would be booing him. Abuse. I'd be booing him more than Kim Berry <laughs> at Aberdeen. I would, I Although would what I would say... Wow. Yeah, what I would, yeah, but what I would say is, uh, in fairness, watching the game last night, after all that, I thought he came on. I thought he played really well. Actually, I thought it was probably actually. I thought, I thought the best, the best bit of his play last night was when Joe Shaughnessy left one on him. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that bit. I was like, "Just because I had to go Saturday, you'll be." No, scores I had to go Saturday, a hundred percent, because that is what fickle football fans do. No, no, but, I thought he came on. I, I personally right. thought he came on. I thought he played really well. I thought he linked to play it well. And what I did, what I also thought was quite, was quite interesting was. He was like one of the first people to celebrate when Hibbs actually scored their goals. And I know it's like you probably look at it too much, but it looked like a player that wasn't hadn't looked like he just down to didn't want to be there anymore. You know, he was actually celebrating the goals and he had a smile on his face when Porches scored. And he actually I thought he did okay when he came on. So I think I don't think he's gonna down tools. I think he knows that a good end to the season and uh, I probably there'll be a move in the summer for him in a bigger club than, than Birmingham. That's probably what Ross has said to him as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Let's be honest, and again, as we say Striking options in Scotland aren't great. Um, he's up against people that aren't really scoring. You know, Shanklin hasn't exactly been phenomenal this season. Honking, by the way, Shanklin. McBurney. I don't see where the praise, I don't see where the praise of Shanklin is. McBurney, McBurney is, I don't think, nowhere really to be seen at Sheffield United right now. I think he might be injured. He shouldn't be anywhere seen in our Scotland squad either. No, but I mean, if, if we're looking at our Scotland squad, you've got, what, Oliver Buck, who has scored, what, one goal this season? McBurney, who scored, what, one goal this season? Shanklin scored, what, four? Let's, let's be honest here. Kevin Nisbet is the top-scoring Scottish player in the Scottish Premiership this season. Yeah, it's him or There's it's, no way... It's him or Dykes. Like, there's no way that... There's no way he <laughs> should not go him in the squad. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he should start. But he should be nah, in that Dyke, squad. Dyke starts every day of the week, but... Griffiths and... Uh, he should be in that squad. If you're listening to David Tanner, he'd have all the McBurney up front. But, uh, but there's a reason we don't listen to David Tanner, though, because he's an absolute... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... Right. But keeping up the Porches and this bit, I think... Yeah, I think briefly come back to Porches. I think, again, I think it was actually quite a good that, that maybe Jack Ross took him out the sort of limelight at the weekend after transfer talk, but also after the whole... Just the... Kind of little few mistakes, shocking, yeah, shocking mistakes, mistakes he'd had, and then look what happens. He gets he gets taken out of the limelight, comes back in, comes off the bench yesterday, scores a goal, and actually looked looked decent. So it just shows you. I think again with Porteous, 
it was, I think it was two years or three years ago today, Hibs went through to Ibrox and won. I think Porteous made his first start for the club, potentially, at Ibrox that day. One of the first starts, anyway. Um, I've seen it in my memories. Louis Stevenson played centre half that day. Yeah, so Porteous played, uh, and at that point we were talking about Porteous being future this and future that. I think there'll be bigger clubs in Millwall if Porteous can get back doing what he what he can do. There'll be bigger clubs in Millwall, I think, for Porteous down the line as well. But uh, that's kind of that's kind of recruitment for Hibs. That was it's really quiet, uh, really quiet window there. Um, on to Edinburgh City, they brought on another goalkeeper. I think that's number. <laughs> 20 in about the three years of doing this podcast, Callum? Um, I, rumor, rumor has it they are still looking for someone to replace uh, the goat that they had in the sticks for about eight years. Um, they're struggling with that. But, um, I, I'm telling not still there, like. Exactly. He is. I was he is. Say, you, can, you can say that back, Harry. Um, no. Um, I, it's, it's a weird one. They, they do keep bringing in goalkeepers. What was it, four or five last year? And. Um, oh, what's it? Is it Gardner? Is that the <laughs> good fellow? Good fellow. Good fellow. Oh, it was close. Brian Goodfellow, yeah. Um, I've absolutely no idea. Yeah, well, I played. Ag- yeah, fun. I played against them. Played against them a few times. It was at East Fife, and I played played against them. Uh, we played them. We played them in a friendly. I think him. And, I think Gary Naismith and and Gary kind of arranged friendlies. We kind of played each other a few times, and then end up playing them twice in the Scottish Cup because. We played them and they went to a replay, so played against them a few times. I think he's maybe in Dunfermline before that. I think he then went to Berwick after East Fife. Um, decent, yeah, just a, a solid, you know, a solid sort of League Two, you know, League, League Two goalkeeper. He'll come in and he'll him and Antel will push for push for that jersey. I, I don't know what's happened to. Did they not have? Was it Kelby Mason? Was it not that they had at the start of the season? I was going to say, if you not still there, yeah, I but, thought he was still there. He not permanently. So I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, you know another goalie comes in, so we'll just see what happens there. But uh, I think uh, speaking of the Ember City, I think we'll just put this in now. I think there's an update next Wednesday. Uh, I think it's the tenth of February, so that's a week today. We'll, we'll find out a bit more information about a return to football for for that level. So this time next week, we might be speaking about a potential return date. Um, exciting. Exciting. Yeah, so hopefully more to follow on that, and we'll, and we'll get back to there, and then uh, into the Lowland League and Adam Corbett. I think that's the main talking point for the last couple of days. Adam Corbett moves to to Stenhouse Muir. Um, uh, I think for me personally, I you know I've got a lot of time for Adam. Me and Adam travelled together to Spartans when I was there for that season, and you know I've told him this, Callum. I think I, I told you as well. The very first time I played with with Adam was a friendly, and I think it was maybe been eighteen or nineteen. And after that first game, I came came away going, "He'll go up. He'll go on to to League Two and beyond." Having just coming off the back of of being a city in League Two, I just with that sort of you know experience that I had that year. As soon as I seen Adam, I thought he had all the potential to go on and 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 play and step up a level, and and he's done it. And Somebody that obviously, Callum, we've seen had on the podcast a lot, but someone that you've seen a lot of in the last two or three years. Um, I think the time is right, isn't it, for Adam to probably take that step up and, and really progress his career on now, isn't it? Yeah, I think that um, look, he's going to Stenhouse-Muir. is basically a sort of replacement for Andy Monroe, who's gone to Forfa. But I think that you know he's um, it's a very, very good... Uh, centre half it was a great head on his shoulders reads the game well he's physical etc he's, he's got all the attributes to, to go to a decent level in the game and I think that like um, he's a good Buttermere boy which is you know, <laughs> which, which is what is important you know oh, I think one of them is it one of the good guys um, and I'll, if I'm honest you know it's like yeah, the, the sort of uh, an absolute gent of a guy because when the first time we had him on the podcast um, phoned him up and he didn't say well um, there was a problem with the connection and so basically when we were asking questions uh, like his answers were like halfway through the qu- like the questions and we thought oh Christ so we phoned him back he never watched Wi-Fi did he? Uh, <laughs> no this, this was this, this was this was back before Zoom my friend um it was like it was like that. Uh, it was like the two Ronnies where they they answer the previous that clip where they answer the previous question from the the previous answer for the uh, question before. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you how do you think you'll get on this weekend? I am enjoying playing centre half, and it was like you know, drink, you got a chance of scoring? No, I'm, uh, we're training at Ainsley Park now, and it was just it was a nightmare. I know it was a nightmare. Uh, but he, he was he was a good guy. Um, 
was absolutely kind enough to do it all over again with the same questions and like held the same level of banter throughout. So I've always had time for that in the Cobbett, wish him all the best and hopefully um, a lot of success at Stenhouse Muir other than against Edinburgh City. Yeah. No, I think you're right, Cam, that the attributes that you said there, you know, physical, very mature. We've not mentioned probably one of his better attributes is distribution. You know, his passing out from the back, his ability to, to find midfield players and forward players. Uh, I think he's got all the attributes to really kick on. And and you know what? It only takes, you know, one good season at that level. And I've got no doubt, again, he could potentially go again. If he, you know, I, I don't think that even League Two is his, uh, could be his sort of... Ceiling. Is his ceiling, exactly. I think there's potential there for him to go on, go on again. Um and this is the next sort of talk about what to bring up about about loan players actually. Um, where we are with the loan league just now, you know, we've seen Spartans have had a couple of loan players this season. You know, Archie Mikasin came in. I think he's gone back to his parent club. Um, you look at you look at Civil have got a few uh, players in on loan from 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 uh, from sides this year again. As Gary likes to use a loan market. Do you think there could be? Potential that you know players are going to Hibs and and teams that have got players out on loan are probably going to start bringing them back to the parent club to put them back on loan to potentially your league sides because they're not going to play in the loan league. This could have a severe knock on effect to to te- you know if the loan league doesn't start again to let's say let's just put April right as a, as a as a figure April. But League One and League Two start at March, then you could look at you could look at teams like you know Mikasin was at uh, Dun United I think it is and, you know Dun United for example. Well, are they going to want Archie Mikasin? I don't know if this is the case, but there's there's other players around there right across the loan league. Parent clubs are going to start probably recalling them to put them back into teams that are actually playing. That's what I'd be doing. You can't really having players just sitting there again, not really knowing when they're going to play football again. I think I think you're spot on there. Um, you, you look at last season, just for an example, Ryan Shanley went back from Civil um, to Hibs and went to Forfa on loan uh, yeah. before in, in January. So I think that I, I, I would be surprised if Connor Young and uh, Jack Bryden uh, Civil because they're 16, 17. I'd, I'd be surprised if they would go into a League Two team at this age. Um, not that they don't have the ability, I'd just be surprised with the amount of players that would probably be available at your say 18, 19 age. Bracket, you know, yeah. that'll go, you know, sort of like um, your Scolese, like last year did this season with Civil is now playing League Two with Stenhouse Muir. So there's that sort of level. I think that, I mean, you look at what Shanley at Kelty Hearts, are you saying that Hibbs would maybe leave him there or would they rather. Punt well, that's him a great, to, that's a great example. That's a great that's that's a that's a great example. Yeah. Maybe yep. a breaking, I don't know, well probably not breaking, but like, you know, uh no. a team in League Two instead of of him not playing. Um, you know, you're gonna want game time for these guys. So I could I could see that that yeah, hundred percent Yeah, the longer yeah, because like you say, Ross, the Ross, the longer the loan league is idle, then the knock on effect for loan players is gonna be massive because parent clubs will want their players playing. They're not gonna, and if leagues, if League One and League Two are back up and running, then why would you keep players out not playing, sitting on ice, not playing? You need these guys to be playing games, especially at the age bracket of sixteen to nineteen years old. They've got to be playing games. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've got you, you look at the, the hip situation as well. You've got the young laddies are there. They're still training with the, the hip squads and stuff like that. So they know they're getting kept fit. They know what levels they're at. Um, kind of. In terms of fitness, so I I think the next step for them is obviously to get game time. Yeah. Providing that obviously everything touch wood everything goes back to ideally timelines where they can start playing again this season. Um, I think it would it would be a smart move for for the teams to potentially to recall them and start putting them out to teams where they're, they're going to get benefit from that because the the whole the whole reason for putting on loan is to better the player. And to get them that experience, to bring them back a bigger, better player. You look at Porteous, what he's done at City. He's came back and it worked perfectly for Hibs. Yeah. So that's an example these boys have got to look at yeah. and 
push on from these things. Yeah, Shanley's a great shout, Calm, because he actually went on, like you see, went on loan to Forfar. Now he's on loan to Kelty. You know, if if uh, League One and League Two are back up and running, then why wouldn't you get him back on loan to a team in League One or League Two again? Um, you know, perfect. I think sense. he can play for two teams. It's, it's, it's a, the ruling. It's yeah, that's one. That's one. I don't. That's uh, yeah. I know. That's what I can't quite remember. I think is it you can't play for more than three in a season, perhaps. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. It was, I thought it was more than two. Actually, more than, that's a good point. More than two, um, but yeah. Entry. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But that's uh, yeah. Maybe not. Then that might just be a, an absolute void point. If that is the rule. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens from. I think, I think it is. They can't play for anyone too. But as long as they've not played for their parent club, they should be alright. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right on to actual fixtures then, and um, we'll go back to Hearts. We started with them, so we'll go back to Hearts. It was a, it was an interesting point. I thought actually going back to aforementioned Andy Halliday. It was for Andy Halliday said Ross that it's probably the first time they've they've won ugly this season. He said that they've that was, that was his feeling. He went every time the Hearts have played well they've won, but when they haven't really played well they haven't really been able to ground out a win. So um, would you go along with that? Um, on the majority, yes. Uh, I wouldn't say we've played well against Hibs in the semi, hmm. but we came through with that. But um, yeah, I think that there's been a couple of times you would just need to, to actually accept what league we're in and start playing because these teams are going to bring us down to our level with that. But um, I was quite interested to see him say that Rafe was the best team he'd played yeah. this season. That was quite an interesting one considering that Dundee pulled their pants down <laughs> away. So um, uh, it's an interesting one with that. But yeah, so I, I think you have to knuckle down and get these wins under a belt. And I think Dunfermline and Considering they beat us last time away, it was it was a great marker for us for that league again, because there was question marks on the performances against the the bigger teams in that league, where I think Hearts have just put that marker down now to say, listen, yeah. we can we can uh, um, absorb yeah. that pressure and take it on a wee bit now. Yeah, the gaps the gaps too big now, Calm, isn't it? It's just it's going to be it's going to be a fight out for second place now. That's going to be the real. The real thing to watch in the championship at the top end, isn't it? It's, it's the race for second, really. Now it's uh, Hearts have opened up that that gap. It's uh, it's kind of best of the rest now, isn't it? Really. Well, I mean, I think I think we all sort of knew that that's that's what would happen. But can yeah. I just bring up? I I was really confused there for a second because when you started talking about Hearts um, winning ugly, I was like, but they beat me four 0 I thought that we were going to start there last week, <laughs> but <laughs> enough, just yeah, absolutely yeah. clueless. Yeah. Um, no, um, I've obviously talked about them Fairman. Uh No, I think that yeah. We've, we've, we've sat here often enough saying that Hearts are going to win this league, they're going to win this league well, and it's, it's basically just Hearts have that level of consistency. Yes, they have lost games, but you know you look at your Dunfermlines and your race, any time that they, they they might beat Hearts, but you know they'll, they'll not win like their next... They'll, they'll take like one win out of their next five, and that's why they're not going to win the league, and yeah. they're not going to challenge Hearts enough. They might give them a game, but they're not going to do enough. And, you know, any time a team's got even remotely close, and by remotely, I'm talking like five, six points. I'm not even talking like breathing down Hearts' neck. But, uh, so it's it's one of those that Hearts will just run away with the, se- the, the league. And it'll be, I'll tell you, it'll be an interesting battle for the playoffs. Mm. Um, I think you've got some good teams in there. Dunfermline, Wraith and Dundee yeah. probably looking at it. Um, and if I'm honest, I would not like to be finishing a limit. Yeah, uh, this year. Agreed. Agreed. I think, I think there's some good teams in that championship, and uh, that could that could be funny games this year. Yeah. We could see two teams come up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's going to be some so, so the way the way Dundee have sort of recruited as well a few of their signings. Uh, Ross, I think the most important thing, as well as the six points in the last week, but also two clean sheets as well, wasn't it? That, you know, the clean sheet after we spoke about how many goals at Hearts conceded. You know, I think it's 17 goals in 13 games. I think if I remember right when I when I looked. So important to get. Sort of back to back clean sheets as well, so it's uh, looking good in that aspect too. Definitely, I think uh, the back, not so much Gordon, I think Gordon's been pretty consistent. We all knew the, the keeper that he, he yeah. was, and he's yeah. produced some brilliant saves and kept us in games. So I, th- I think the back four have not performed as well as they should have against these teams, uh, more so probably centre half aspect. 
I think Michael Smith was probably at fault for a couple of the goals against Wraith and stuff like that as well. But um, aye, but uh, the main thing is that they've got that bit of confidence now that they've got the two clean sheets in there, um, especially against two teams that have, have beat them in the last fixtures they played them. So yeah, aye, it's, it's definitely a big boost. And going back on to previous, I meant to mention this earlier actually. I was quite gutted Hearts never recruited any defenders mm. whatsoever. But I don't know if they're going to start looking at peak odd jacks and stuff as well. But who knows? Bias, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Hearts have had two clean sheets in the last two games and Christoph Berra hasn't played <laughs> any minutes. Is that right? Um, Shall we move on? Aye, yeah, right, you're right. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Uh, ear, just, just, uh, ear, this week, ear this weekend. Uh, I think a team that are, I think they're the team that are outside those sort of three teams we'd mentioned there. I think they're about fifth in the league. Uh, I Good, think. I don't look that far down. Yeah, they're just. Uh, I think they're just behind your Wraith, Dundee, and Dunfermline. So, um, this should just be a win, isn't it? Again, this is just your, your bog standard. <laughs> Yeah, I think they've got that momentum now, so build on that. I think you've got the two new signings. Robbie Nielsen's already came out and said they'll be involved on Saturday. Uh, not necessarily... Is it Friday or Saturday? Friday, I think it is, actually. Friday, yeah. Friday, aye, Friday. Friday aye. 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 Rob Borfrick's on commentary, actually. Um, Ooh, friends. So I think... I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give a chance for, uh, for the new signings to get in there and get the, hopefully hit the ground running with that as well. Yeah. So I'm looking for a, a big performance and hopefully a big win for us. Yeah, agreed. And uh, yeah, and, and probably for me another clean sheet just to keep that uh, that that, that oh, one absolutely. going. Absolutely. Yeah, Aye. definitely. Uh, on to Hibs then, Callum. And have we been too harsh on Jack Ross? Because I think you're right. I think it's been a maybe it wasn't a great January. Uh, I think you chuck in the semi final into that. But now that Newell, uh, now that Cadden and Irvin are getting up to speed it's three wins at the last four league games you know only the defeat in those four was to Rangers um, it's been a really good week as well really in the last two games the win at Dungeon United away at Dungeon United and a win away at St Mirren it's looking a lot better again isn't it <laughs> let's be honest Aye, it's, you know it's, it's almost that ridiculous um, you're looking at heads and you're going it's not actually that bad but the problem is that you fixate on on the big defeats, you know, and like um, there was, like you can understand getting beat by Rangers. Hey, sort of one now. Everyone's getting beat by Rangers, you know. So it's just like you, you just chalk that one up. But you know, the semi final was really disappointing, and you know the fact that it was the second semi final this year where Hibs have sort of just meekly surrendered, and there's been even even the start of January, like going to Celtic Park and. Um, not like absolutely destroying them um, like when they came back from Dubai and like s- scrambling for a last minute equaliser but then all of a sudden three wins out of four and you're looking ah, that's not too bad but this this weekend is a big test for Jack Ross uh, not just Hibs but Jack Ross himself I think that um, one of his first games <clears throat> as Hibs manager we like, Hibs swept Aberdeen aside 3-0 and you know I'm, I'm not asking for something like that all I'm asking for is three points from Hibs on Saturday I think that uh, Aberdeen what is it um, Aberdeen have lost to Hibs twice out of the last 14 meetings mm. something like that um, if you like, I'm, I'm sure that there won't be many people who will uh, correct me on that because I'm sure it's something ridiculous like that um, and Hibs, Hibs need to win need to win this game all of a sudden, um, Hibs win this game. They stay seven points ahead of Livingston, which I think is absolutely vital. They need to keep two results away from Livingston because they are flying. And it would just it would nullify Aberdeen's game in hand that they have on Hibs. Hibs would, Hibs would be a, res, a, a result away from Aberdeen. So all of a sudden, you've got third place and it's looking a little bit rosy. And you're going, why not Hibs? Why not Hibs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Why yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. Because you know, Ross, Hibs have scored the third most goals this season in the league. They've got the joint third best defence. 
are eh? yeah yeah so wow so and Ab- Aberdeen and Hibs I think have conceded both the same amount of goals but Hibs have actually played one more game so you know if, if Aberdeen concede a couple of goals in their game in hand then Hibs have got the third best defence in the league as well as the third most goals in the league it's uh, it's it's actually not as bad I think as it, it was a bad January I think um, yeah. But it's it's actually Is it because Aberdeen aren't as strong as they have been Is it because Celtic haven't been as strong As they have been That it, it, it kind of looks at Hibs could really have actually With a really good run Actually kind of be Kind of really pushing second really But instead we're kind of Hanging about third and fourth <laughs> um, I, th- I think the, the argument is it um, I spoke about an open goal one as well They were saying about how bad Celtic have been But the rest of the SPFL have improved. Uh, you've seen that with different teams in there. So you, you look at Levy as a prime example. But I, I, yes, I see this season as a, a potentially. If you don't get second or Aberdeen do, then it's an opportunity missed for both teams because he's are close. He's are probably as close as you have been to second in a long time. Um, yes, you've had a couple of bad results. I think. The last two results that he's have had have been a great response to those games in the semi-finals, um, especially. I think that's a, a big boost for the fans and for the players, and especially Jack Ross. It puts his mind a wee bit ease. But yeah, Aberdeen's going to have to be. It's a big game, and I think there's, there's obviously a bit of grudge. You want to get one over uh, Camberry on that game as well, but I think the second has to be a target for you. There's no reason why you can't push for that. If he's going third place, happy days. He's got third place, um, but you, you need to get keep keep those results coming in. Because uh, Chris, I've been impressed. I watched the last two games that he's played, and I've actually been really quite impressed with some of your play. Yeah, especially down your left hand side with Doig and Murphy. I think that's where looks like majority of your attacks come from. Um, so it, it's it's looking good. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Very interesting you speak about Aberdeen because it's, uh, you know, Hibs fans have kind of moaned at times about uh, Jack Ross, etc. But what about this stat? Since Aberdeen beat Hibs at that November game, Calum, right at the start of November, uh, there's been 14 league games since then and Aberdeen have only managed to win four. So they're, they are not they are not on a good run. Um, right, but, I mean, let's, 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 be, let's be real right now. Right, St Johnston had scored about one goal in the last hundred games, and they thumped him three 0 at Hamden. Like there is, there is no way. That don't I do well in semi finals at Hamden. I, I am, I am not going to buy into any nonsense of oh, this team has been on a poor run because I have seen it time and time again that Team X has been on a poor run or they have scored Y goals, and all of a sudden they play Hibs and boom. All of a sudden, funk lifted. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to buy into any of it. Yeah, agreed. Um, no, huge game, absolutely huge. Um, chance. Uh, so, one second, Biles, just to go on a bit, going for a second. I think that yes, Celtic have been poor this year, but they've still got two games in hand, and they've still, um, still lose well, them. five. The five odd points uh, clear of him. So I think that the. What, what's let Hibs down this year is their home form you know Absolutely. Hibs have played 13 games at home um, have won four drawn five lost lost four um, but I think Hibs home uh, form in the table has them sitting sixth whereas the away form um, Hibs have taken nine wins yeah. the most points most points out of anyone other than Rangers um, yeah. you know a fantastic away record won nine games uh, out of 14 and only lost at Ibrox with Audrey and Parkhead which you know isn't it too bad um, what teams are they? Uh, I said lost at <laughs> okay sorry yeah. I so aye uh, <laughs> there we go <clears throat> uh, no I think but, uh, there's, there's no reason why you can't push back Celtic are not a good side anymore they've got frailties there they're, they're to be exposed teams have done it we said it last week it needs to be a big and good end to the season for, for Hibs um, and if they're going by the three of the last four games it looks like Hibs will have a good end to the season but it has is it, is it a must win on Saturday Cal? yes yeah. yes I think every game till the end of the season is a must win for you 
I think I think I think it's a must win for uh, Jack Ross purely because uh, what is it in games against Aberdeen, Hearts, Rangers, and Celtic him, in in his tenure, and including semi finals as well. Sorry, I think it's like two two wins at twelve. Two wins out of twelve. Yeah, two wins out of twelve. So for me, this is a game where Jack Ross needs to needs needs to win so that he can be like, look, we can win the games against the teams around us, the teams just above us. Yeah. We can win these games. If if it's another dismal performance, because Aberdeen have not had to work hard for their, their, their six points against Hibs already this year. Um, they got the penalty at Easter Road, Martin Boyle, don't know what he's doing. And then the 2-0 two, the two defeat up at Petodre was embarrassing. You know, game over after 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it, it has to be a performance where Hibs stand up and go, no, hold on, we can go toe-to-toe with the other big clubs in the league, etc. Yeah, because I remember there was, there was a stat, wasn't it, that Hibs had picked up the mo- since Jack Ross took charge, Hibs had picked up the most points out with Celtic and Rangers. Now, presumably that stat is still going to be the case because Hibs are, 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 are third in the league and they've got more points than Aberdeen. So, you know, progress has been made, but you're right, two wins out of 12 against in big games. Um that need, that needs to not improve. good enough. Yeah, that needs to not improve. good enough. Uh, a lot of a lot of appreciation before we before we finish unless there's another chat. A lot of appreciation for Joe Neal Joe Neal's tweet. Did you see that today? It was a no. a picture of Ryan Porteous's uh, goal against St Mirren, and uh, Ryan Neal's uh, Neal's tweet was just cheers, Millwall are crying. <laughs> I thought that was. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was decent. I thought that was decent. Okay. Um, if we're talking about random tweets, I know we used to end the podcast on random things we'd seen. Can we discuss where Wickham's Twitter admin wanted to start some beef with Hearts over Uche? Yeah, like, that was, what was going on there? <clears throat> See, they back, they back down in one of their next posts. Did they? Well, I mean, like, it was some great response to Hearts because Hearts, like, a lot Everyone up in Scotland took the piss out of Uche, apart from Hearts fans. Like, Hearts fans had a lot of time for the big man, as far as I was aware. They knew that he wasn't the best, but they were behind him because he was a Hearts player. And I just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't quite believe, but to be fair, it worked out quite well for them. It's not the only team that's digging Hearts out and threatening. Aye, Aloha. Aye, that, that, aye, as you say, it was a perfect karma for Wickham's tweet. Fact is, they got absolutely scalped 7-2. That can be the podcast puzzler. What's the weirdest Twitter beef you've ever seen? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have one. I have a belter one. It was a boy saying, you're a disgrace. I think the boy was melted. He was tweeting this journalist saying that uh, you said it was a penalty, but it wasn't he or something like that. And then it went on for Um, ages. And the boy at the end was like, "Ah, have you got an incident? Of what, like the penalty? <laughs> Fuck, it was years ago. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that. And I, to be fair, there's the Twitter beefs out there, so that that can be the podcast yeah. puzzle. Just throw it out there. It's yeah. the best Twitter beef you've ever seen. Like it. I like it. I like it. Well, guys, I think um, that's us. Hopefully, you all show a bit of reliancy this weekend, and uh, Hibs can Hibs and Hearts can come up with uh, can come up with with three points each. But there we are. Thanks for listening. I was Andrew. I've been joined by Ross and Callum and that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast.